Hey, welcome back to Giovanni Andreoli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. I decided after listening to the intro to the last episode that I need to be more charismatic when I do these intros. So here's me trying to exude all of my charisma, all of the charisma I can tap into at 9.03 p.m. on a Wednesday. Uh, I wanted to talk to you guys about a bunch of stuff. I have a lot of stuff written down. I don't know if you could hear my dog just jumped like 10 feet in the air. I'm not sure why. I told him if he ruins this, um, bad things will happen. And so far, that's one strike. But, uh, but, but before we get to all those things that I wanted to say, I, I have a, I have a big announcement to make. Actually, I have two big announcements to make. My first big announcement, I am officially, well, not me, my my podcast is officially available on Stitcher. So it's available on uh, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um, Breaker, Radio Public, Spotify. Uh, I could try to submit it to SoundCloud. I know a lot of people like to listen to stuff on SoundCloud and um, Overcast. I know Overcast is very popular. But other than that, I pretty much have all the pod players covered. So I think that's pretty awesome. Uh, And then the other big announcement, the reason that I decided to put the podcast on Stitcher is because... (laughs) Ah, man, I hope I didn't breathe in the mic. My mom wants to listen. So my mom's going to start listening with this episode. Uh, so I'm gonna have to stop cursing. Uh, I told her that. Don't worry, she knows. She's not finding out on the, on the air. But, uh, but yeah, that's gonna be, that's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be a little difficult, but I think I'm gonna be able to make it through. And just so, if you know, the, un- the episode's 100% less vulgar, this is why. Alrighty. I took my ob- obligatory breath to the side. I'm ready to, to, to talk. Alright, first things first. Uh, the vast majority of my work day today was spent uh, silently thinking about what the topic for this is going to be. And um, I have no idea. I threw a lot of things at the wall and only a few things sticked. Stuck. Stuck is what I meant to say. Only a few things stuck. And so I'm going to literally just spew all of them. The first thing I'd like to talk about is uh, Disney live action remakes. They suck. All of them. And, um, I mean, the Jungle Book's okay, but I've heard that, um, The Lion King isn't great either, which is fantastic. Um, I think these movies bother me because they are so, uh, like, it's so obligatory that they're cash grabs. It's, like, it's so transparent, and, uh, I have, my, my girlfriend and I, we don't really, we don't argue about much, but uh, what we the most most of the things we argue about it's mostly movie related, because movies are very important to me, and they hold a special place in my heart beyond just being like fun distractions. But she's more of a person that's like, it's a movie, it's funny, just enjoy it as a movie. And I'm like, no, you can't just enjoy Holmes and Watson because you thought it was funny. You're the only person in the world who thinks that. And let me show you all these other examples of why this movie is horrible. And we just can't seem to agree. Um, I, I mean, I've heard the phrase, don't yuck my yum, many times, because my mom and I also disagree on movies, which is well-documented on this podcast. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. 
But but anyway, all that to say, uh, I disagree with her about the Lion King. We were watching Toy Story four together, and the 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 trailers come up for, and one of them was for the Lion King, and uh, and she was like, "Did they do that all on the computer?" Or she said, "Is that all animated?" My bad. And I was like, "Yeah, that's amazing." And I was like, "That you're right. That is amazing." And then I was like, "But it's it's really unnecessary, don't you think?" And she's like, "It's not unnecessary." And I was like, "Are you sure? It looks like the same movie, except the animals look like real animals, and now they're expressionless." Look, I mean, for for anything you can say, it's 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 awesome that technology is advancing to the point where we can perfectly recreate every hair of a real animal. We don't even have to film the real animal. We could do that BBC documentary that went on Netflix and the subtitles got replaced by Aziz Ansari's stand-up special. We could have done that without filming an animal. But animation's amazing because it can express so much more than an actual human can. Like, expressions can get big and crazy and they can be subtle, but then they can be crazy huge. And it's all determined by the animator or animators. And, uh... And that's amazing. It's it's a form of art. Every frame is an art piece. And when you put them all together, they make a whole nother art piece and they tell a story. And that's amazing. Animation is, it's a wonderful, it's wonderful. Yeah, that's it. That's perfect. It's wonderful. But, um, but I mean, it, it, there has to be something more than that. You You have to be bringing something else to the table because... If you're just re- remaking the Lion King, why why remake the Lion King? Like what what is the point in remaking the Lion King? If you're just going to do like essentially a shot for shot remake because it can be a shot for shot remake because, you know, like I said, you control every frame. Like what's the point? We we know these things have never worked. I mean, look at Gus Van Sant's Psycho for for you know, a perfect example. I mean, I, I Say what you will about the other Disney live-action remakes, but at least they brought a little something new to the table beyond just being, hey, this is a recreation of what you loved. And I mean, I don't really take this stuff that personally, but I think one this is one of my biggest problems with like the state of entertainment today. I've been listening to uh, a show from The Ringer. It's called The Big Picture. It's really, really good. It's super deep dives on movies to a level that, I mean, it's like when I review movies, I'm like building a house. But when they review movies, they're, like, constructing a tesseract. It's crazy. It's, I mean, it's insane the level of detail that they can get into. But, um, but they take a look at it almost as, like, a study of culture at large. And I've been thinking recently, I mean, I'm trying to shake it up. I'm trying to make the podcast more interesting because, to me, across four episodes so far, I've only talked about superhero movies and horror movies. And that's just not necessarily what everyone wants to listen to, you know? Eventually, it's not super interesting. But then I was kind of thinking... <gasps> I had to take a breath there. But, uh... <laughs> what else is there to review? I mean, I know there's other things, but besides, like, art films and, like, kind of more obscure, you know, diamonds in the rough that no one's really interested in and that I don't really want to pay, like, $11 to go to the theater for... What is there to review? Because what dominates movie culture now, it's Marvel movies, it's Star Wars, it's remakes, it's sequels, it's 
freaking live-action Dora. Like, that's the kind of entertainment that we're consuming right now. And look, I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm not part of the problem. I am. I absolutely loved Endgame. I went to see Far From Home, and I hated it, but I still gave it my money. And that's still part of the reason it's well on the way to making a million dollars. And, um, I mean... I I just got done watching Shazam, which I was going to talk about a little bit later, but I love that, and that's definitely, you know, that's obviously a sequel, that's another entry in a franchise, but, I mean, that has consumed culture at large now, superhero movies, remakes, requels, uh, you know, just franchise filmmaking, and, um, and then I guess the second biggest genre, I would say, beyond that, is horror because horror is in a it's in a great place right now i mean you got stuff like us you had get out a couple of years ago you got the halloween remake you got the weird chucky but it's not chucky child's play movie uh coming out you have all those annabelle movies i mean those are just to name a few and like i said those are still some of those that i listed off are franchisee but it's it's probably like the second biggest genre behind like superhero action comedies and stuff so I don't know. I think I think I don't know what my point with this was, but I think just that my like hatred for the transparency of the reason that these live action remakes are made it bugs me because you could be making other stuff. Like when I saw the trailer for Onward, the uh the new Pixar movie, and then they released the logo for Soul I was so excited. I was so excited because original Pixar. I I love that. I can't wait to see that. Like stuff like Zootopia, Moana. Oh shoot. I don't know if those are Pixar or not. But whatever. It's 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 original Disney. You know, it's not just a retread of something that they've already done. That's amazing. I love that stuff. Zootopia is like one of my favorite movies. I love to watch that movie. And um and I mean it strays away from Everything that's been pre-established, like other Disney Pixar properties, it's its own thing. And it's, it's you know, anthropomorphic animals. It's been done before, but it's really funny and it's really clever and it has a great message. And it's just one of my favorite movies. So I was so excited to see that Pixar might actually be doing some original new stuff that's not just redoing something that's already been done and I was so excited for that because all right I am sitting here once again I record with the phone stacked on a bunch of books and for like the third week in a row I have stacked it on every volume of Saga and I'm looking at Saga and I mean there's some reviews on the back of these and some of them I know one of them specifically for volume nine says that it's like Star Wars but better and that's an opinion I actually tend to agree with, because I know this isn't a very popular opinion, but I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, and I never really have been. And I think that the that by far and away, Saga is better in almost every respect than um, than Star Wars, I think, ever was. And... I think that that's important to acknowledge, but you also have to acknowledge Saga doesn't happen as a comic, as in anything, without Star Wars. I mean, some of the stuff, it 
like it's just directly taken from Star Wars imagery. So it's great that this stuff comes out and uh that it like um or that it's so influential, I think is what I mean to say. But at the same time, just redoing it and redoing it and redoing it, it diminishes what was special about it in the first place. And I think that that is, I don't know, that's important to consider. And I don't know. To me, I am so much more on board for seeing something like Saga, where it takes Star Wars and... um Lord of the Rings and stuff like, I don't know, Game of Thrones to some extent. Weird old 50s stuff, like, and it, like, kind of molds them all together, throws in, like, Wild West and, like, when Harry met Sally and, like, I mean, I mean, sort of, not not necessarily, but I was just, that was the first romantic thing that came into my mind, but, and it creates, like, this amazing space opera love story across galaxies and planets and there's robot soldiers and flying wing people and half goat half men magical mystic warriors and i mean it's just amazing but i'm so much more on board for for something like that that takes influence from something that was really important to the creators but then does its own thing it's wholly its own thing, I can say that. While you can recognize some of the imagery and be like, oh, I've seen that before. There's always a twist. There's always a twist. And that's really important. And I think that right now, it's really great when we get actual original concepts. Stuff like Us. While I know a lot of people didn't understand it and didn't love it, I personally did love it. And I got something out of it where I know a lot of people didn't necessarily but I am so much more on board for that, something new, something fresh, something that draws on what's come before, but does a little twist on it, gives it something unique, bolsters it by something a little more than just being a run-of-the-mill horror film or being a remake of something better. Now, again, that's not to say that remakes can't be good. Ocean's Eleven is, or like, I'm talking about specifically the Brad Pitt, George Clooney one. That can be, I mean, stuff like that, that's way better than um, than the original. I think Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, I think that was a remake, or Fistful of Dollars, something like that. One of those was a remake, and I know a lot of people say it's a lot better. But I think what I'm trying to say here is have a place, have a reason to tell your story. Like, draw on stuff that's come before, but do something new with it, and I, I think that's... I don't know. Anyway, this all, I started thinking about all this stuff when the Mulan trailer came out because my girlfriend and I had just watched Mulan together. And uh, that movie I still think is really good. I liked it a lot. Um, I've seen it a couple times before. By that I mean one time before. And then I watched it, you know, a second time. And I really liked it both times. I think it's fun. I think the songs are really catchy. And it's... It's got a great message. It's got a unique animation style. I like it a lot. Uh, but I have no interest in seeing the Mulan remake. I, I don't know. And then it got me on this whole tangent. You know what I think I need to do a better job of? I think I need to do a better job of creating a structure for myself. 
I think when when you have another person, it helps you to structure your discussion because you can be like answering questions or making a point to another per another person, rebutting, rebuffing, whatever. I think it's important to consider. I kind of need to create my own other person to sort of structure what I've been saying, because I think I said a lot of of opinions that I strongly agree with and like stuff that I hope opens other people's minds and maybe they think about stuff differently in a good way or a bad way. I don't know. I don't mean to I don't mean to say my opinion is the right one. I just mean to point out a different perspective and um and like talk about something that I love in a way that maybe you've never thought of before. You know, be informative yada yada yada, whatever. But I mean, I wasn't really making a point. I mean, I sort of was. I tried to wrap it up in the end. But I have been on a tangent for almost 20 minutes. I have no idea how this started. I don't even remember what I said to begin this all off with. But, uh... Hmm. Yeah. It's all good. Uh... Yeah, I gotta keep that in mind for episode 6. Uh... Unless you don't think that's a problem. Do you like to listen to me spiel endlessly? As long as I sort of loosely tie it all together in the end? I don't know. Let me know. Hit me up on Instagram, man. Whatever you kids are doing these days, do it at me. Uh, oh, oh, hey, hey, hey. I, I have an email for the show. You can email me too. It's, um, but I'm not giving my actual email address. But you, you can email me at the show's email address. It is moviesandand, not the ampersand, moviesandmorepod at gmail.com. So, moviesandmorepod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Because movies and more was taken. I'm pretty sure you can't use the ampersand. And uh, I wasn't about to make it, like, my name 25 or whatever at gmail.com. So, yeah. Uh, So, if you want to email me about stuff, feel free to. I don't care. Do it. You won't. Um... Hold on real quick. Uh, what else was I going to talk about? Oh, I have a funny story. So, we were driving, as you know, it's pretty normal. My dad and I went to pick up Shazam because I thought that my family would like it. They did. Um, we went to pick up Shazam, and on the way home, my dad passes these people, says, I, I think those people might have needed help. I didn't see these people. He pulls into a parking lot, turns around, and he's trying to get out. There's like a hundred cars, like infinite cars. And then, uh, but eventually we turned around and we, uh, we went back and helped those people. So these people had a flat tire and, uh, they had like a big chunk of metal sticking out of their tire. And my dad, who's been a car salesman for years, he, um, he also knows a lot about cars, and so he takes their jack out, he jacks up the car, and, like, takes off the wheel, replaces it with a new one, and gives them, like, a sales pitch with, um, like, with what hire to get next. Like, all this stuff. It was really, really cool uh, of my dad. He's really cool. I would not have done that because I don't know how to fix a tire. Why would I? I can't drive. But, um, yeah, that was really awesome of him. But the funny part isn't necessarily that. There is one thing I would like to remark. It's not necessarily funny, but I would like to say, um, 
uh, this was another bit of hospitality, just random hospitality that, uh, that I encountered. Like, these people were, like, offering me snacks and being like, oh, you want this, you want that? And I was like, no, I'm okay, I'm okay. I'm just here to, like, hand my dad tools and whatever he needs. I'm sort of just his mechanics assistant. That's kind of my role whenever he does, like, um, like, Mr. Fix-It stuff. But, uh, but yeah, that was really cool. Also, a couple days ago, I thought of that third bit of hospitality, and then I forgot it again, and I meant to write it down, so I could tell you, I could tell you about it on the podcast, and I forgot. But if I remember for a third time, I will write it down, and I will tell you on the podcast. But, the, there were girls in the car, they were like, I guess they, they were like teenagers, I think they were about my age, and I guess the, the mom had been taking them back from volleyball camp, and then they had called one of their friends from the volleyball camp, who was also on his way home, this dad comes out, and he helped my dad as well, and, but there's like, so there's like three girls who were clearly very tired, and going kind of crazy, because they'd been at like this sleepaway volleyball camp, there's like pillows and stuff everywhere, so I think they'd been there for a while, um, they found a random cart. There was just a, randomly a cart in this shop, uh, like a shopping cart, in this parking lot. We were not at a shopping center, so I'm not sure how it got there. There was, you know, there's like a Target right down the road, but I don't know who took it that far. Anyway, they all three got in the cart, like the one pushed them, and then jumped in the cart. And then they're just, like, riding through. There's, like, puddles everywhere. There's, like, a grate. The parents are like, oh, God, what is going on? And my dad is, like, kind of awkwardly looking around. And then he, he, like, told me later, he's like, I swear to God, I thought they were going to hit the Challenger. And I was going to kill those kids. And I was like, yeah, that would have been real bad. And then, like, I don't know. It was just a really weird, crazy thing to see. I mean, have you ever seen, like three people riding in a shopping cart with no one pushing them towards a major road like that's pretty whack and uh but yeah we got everything fixed our car was not hit and we're on the way out and my dad's car sometimes doesn't start it's a challenger it's not that old but just sometimes it does a weird thing where like it it doesn't start and uh so my dad has just helped these people fix their car they've canceled calling AAA. They're about to leave, and then... My dad's just like, oh no. And I'm like, oh my god. And these people are like, oh no, do you need help too? And then my dad like turned on the radio, turned the radio off. Like, I don't know, he's just trying to like jumpstart something. And then he, like, held it for a while, and I was like, I hope you're loving the sound effects. And then, yeah, we, we were fine. We we got out of there. But, uh, yeah, it was about to get really weird uh, if we had just helped them fix their car, and then ours broke down. But, uh, yeah, we got home, and we're, like, 45 minutes later than my mom thought we were going to be. And she's like, what, what, what were you doing? And we were like... Uh, so funny story, and then, you know, we tell her everything, but yeah, it was pretty cool. So, Shazam, I said I was going to talk about it later, and that moment is now, at 23 minutes and 38 seconds, approximately, into this episode. I need to, I need to mark these things down, because I time code things, and it takes a while if I have to skip around. 
so, Shazam, uh, we picked it up today, it's, uh, it's a Wednesday, so it, it came out yesterday on Blu-ray, but, uh, we picked it up today, and, uh, but, yeah, yeah, it's, like, really funny, and, uh, action-packed, and all kinds of cool stuff, and I thought my parents would like it, so I picked it up, and, um, I was like, hey, let's eat dinner and watch this movie. So we did, and they really liked it. I was disappointed to find out that they both liked it more than Spider-Verse. And I was like, oh, God, you guys are killing me. Next thing you're going to you're gonna tell me in August that you didn't like Endgame. And I'm going to be real mad, and then I'm going to be like, all right, fine. I'm going to go watch this alone. See you in another three hours, Mom and Dad. No, I'm just kidding. I think, I think both of them will hopefully like parts of it. Uh, they tend to not have super long movie, uh, attention spans, so we'll see, um, we'll see how long they last, because it is a mammoth of a film, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to show it to them, too. I, I know, I know my mom is listening to this, so it's, it's weird that I'm kind of addressing her, like, separately, when I could just be like, hey, mom, I'm telling, like, three other people about your taste in movies, but, uh, but yeah, you know what? Parents are such a big influence on what you like before you flower into your own person. So I'm just kind of honoring them. And also saying a lot how I disagree. But that's okay. It's important to bring up contrasting viewpoints to, to let you all know that I don't live in an echo chamber. Despite the fact that I have a podcast entirely predicated on how much I like the sound of my own voice. Anywho... I watched Shazam again, and I once again really liked it. I think it's the third time I've seen it, and uh, it's really funny. It's pretty emotionally resonant. All the family stuff is fantastic. The scene where he meets his mom and he gives her the compass. Ugh, the best. This is, man, this movie is really, really good. And uh, retroactively, a little bit more creepy than I, I thought it was. Like, it didn't creep me out, obviously. Obviously, I don't know. But it's like... I don't know. It's funny that it is geared towards kids very clearly, but then a lot of that, I could definitely see kids being kind of creeped out, like when, you know, they're biting people's heads off and slamming them against the glass and all kinds of stuff, but that's really cool. I think that contributed to one of my favorite parts about the movie, which it's sort of like part big, part Superman. Yes, I know it's obvious comparisons, but I think it's cool it kind of taps into like this 80s kind of Amblin entertainment feel to it where it's sort of you could see like Spielberg or Chris Columbus making this movie in the 80s a lot less special effects probably but I mean just you know a group of kids going on an adventure uh it's really really fun and I like it a lot I'd also like to shout out the love for Phil for, for Phila for Phila uh Philadelphia is where this film takes place, and they even name drop Pittsburgh, and that just makes me happy. It's so cool. I mean, so many movies are set in New York and Chicago and L.A. and whatever, millions of miles away is a lie I just told, but, uh, but you know, they're, like, far off. They're in different places, but Philly is, like, my backyard. Pittsburgh is, like, my neighbor's backyard because it's a little bit farther, but it's still pretty close. It's, um... Man, it's awesome. Now, if we could get a movie set in Harrisburg, that would be the shiznit. See, I didn't swear there. You're welcome, America and Mom. But, uh, but yeah, man, that's so cool. And I wish more movies were set in Pennsylvania. Um, 
Oh, actually, wait. You know, you know that movie Mannequin, that really, really bad movie from the eighties. I meant it might have been the nineties. I think it's eighty six, eighty six, eighty seven, something like that. But um, that movie shot in I think Camp Hill in Dillsburg or something. Maybe Harrisburg for a little bit. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, and some other movie. I think some rom-com shot in Harrisburg. That's pretty cool. I mean, I know it's not like a super big, bustling metropolis, but it could be great for like a Hallmark movie. I think we should start a campaign to get a Hallmark movie in Harrisburg. But, uh, I mean, they do a Christmas parade there. It's basically like New York's. Basically. I mean, it's it's basically the same thing. And I just... It's literally like the same thing. Um... That's another lie I just told. I've been lying a lot this episode. Uh, that'd be a great episode title. But I don't think it's going to be the episode title. Alright. I'm rambling a lot. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a little bit tired. Uh, I I thought I had this a little more structured in my head. I was going to talk about stuff, but um, I, w- I just went on that whole spiel about, like, you should create your own things. And put new th- spins on them. And now I'm about to really praise the heck out of movies that are just retreads of kind of stuff that's come before. Like, this is another entry in a franchise. And uh, I was going to tie it into Spider-Verse, which is also uh, another entry in a franchise. And I was also going to tie it into Lego Batman movie, which is an entry in two franchises. But hear me out. I love these three movies. This is like a top-shelf golden movie like thing for me, like a trilogy of the perfect interpretations of these three characters. Now look, Lego Batman is obviously not a very traditional Batman. It's got a comedic, satirical edge. But I love a movie that can satirize a particular genre while still being an example of that genre, a good example of that genre. Uh, I heard I heard this on a podcast. Um, I I learn a lot of things from podcasts. I I think I learn most things from podcasts. But I heard on a podcast, they made an excellent point that um, lack last action here is con- last action hero, last action hero is what I meant to say. Last action hero, the the Schwarzenegger movie is sort of um like a predicator to. The Edgar Wright movies, which I thought was interesting, because I, I teased a couple episodes back that I'm gearing up for an Edgar Wright-a-thon. Um, and so, you know, I've been watching his movies, and they're like, those movies are very much good examples of those particular genres that they're satirizing, while still making fun of them to a certain degree. And I was like, well, now there's an idea. That's a That's actually a really interesting perspective, because they were arguing that... They thought Last Action Hero was a cool concept, but flawed execution, and that it wasn't a very good example of a of an action movie. Like, it's not something like... They didn't cite this example directly, but it's not something like The Dark Knight Returns, or like um, Avon, Gellion, whatever, Titanfall... No, that's those are two totally different things. But what... Neo, Neogenesis, I think it is? Neogenesis Evangelion or something. I don't know. People call it Ava, whatever. So Ava is like a really good um, mecha anime, but it also plays on the tropes of other like pre-established mecha animes. And um, and Dark Knight Returns is very much the same thing, but for Batman stories and for comics in general, they really reinvigorated the genre by 
putting a spin on it. And, um, but those aren't necessarily the versions of those characters or those stories that you would give to someone first. Like, The Dark Knight Returns is widely regarded as the best Batman story, but you wouldn't, that wouldn't be what you give a new Batman fan. You'd give them more normal stuff first, and then you'd eventually progress them to that. So, what they were saying is sort of like, they, you would never give something like, um, something like Last Action Hero to someone who's not a big fan of action movies, but you could give something like Hot Fuzz, which isn't necessarily a great, uh, or, like, it's it's not it doesn't have the same problem I guess is what they are saying is like it is a really good cop movie and it's you know it's so funny and you can see where they're playing to the tropes like you could give that to someone and it'd be accessible and really good while still being kind of funny and you could you could see them winking at the audience so they're saying there's there's good ways to do that and bad I don't know if I explained that very well I don't think I did and I think I kind of contradicted myself but um but I think these movies these three movies that I just picked out um, are examples of that. Where, okay, yes, 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 this is perfect. Oh my god, I have a few points to make, and my brain is just full of all these things and stuff that I want to say, but not everyone wants to listen to me go on and on about crazy superhero stuff that I think about, so I'm I'm putting it on this, this year podcast machine. Okay. These are very... Okay, I know exactly what I want to say. A spin, okay? This is what this entire point I'm about to make is going to be predicated on. Adding a new spin to a pre-established formula. That's what I'm going to talk about. Okay, I'm going to try to stay focused. So, Lego Batman movie. It's really funny, but it's still very true to the character of Batman. And if even if you don't get all the jokes, they're a mile a minute, and it's going to make you laugh... But then eventually it's still going to have very emotionally resonant elements that will bring you in to Batman's character and gets to the core and heart of who Batman is as a person. The comedic edge makes that more accessible. Shazam, same thing. Core of the character really gets down to a complex character who was built by very unfortunate circumstances and shows you how he grows out through the superhero adventure. Comedic edge, more accessible. Spider-Verse, very much the same thing. Animation, beautiful visuals, a lot of really funny and quirky characters. At the end of the day, it's centered around a story of uh, a boy learning to be a hero, teaching a an older mentor how to become a hero again. And it's a story of a father going closer to his son as his son learns to find out who he is. But it's more accessible because of the other elements that it's packaged around saga i know i didn't mention that but i'm looking at it and it's making me think a story about marital strife um and the struggles of raising a child in an insane world and the worries of parenthood told like it's of a piece with something like star wars more accessible okay so these are all very they're not necessarily like break it light lighten lighten the world on fire. But they're all very complex. They're all very interesting, intricate characters that take a lot of craft to construct. Right? Um Whew, I hope I'm not breathing on the mic too much. 
Uh, but they're, they, they have some sort of spin, some sort of element that distracts you from what's at the core. But the core is what makes it really, really good. So this, I think, is tying back into what I was saying before about these live-action remakes. They're just doing the same thing. There's nothing about them that is, like, doing something new with the characters or telling some sort of new story. They're just obligatory... uh, They're obligatorily, obviously, transparently, whatever adjective you want to use, they're just going for money. There's nothing more than that. It's not about the value of these stories. It's about, hey, these make money, and we're Disney. We don't really need it, but we could always use more. Um, now, these stories are stories that appreciate like the value of storytelling, right? This is stuff that, even if it's part of a franchise, even if it's something that's already been done before, uh, it, it has some sort of new spin that makes it more accessible, makes it more entertaining, but also tells an amazing story. And so I think what is important to glean from that is that there is a way to do franchise filmmaking where you add something new to something pre-established, but you're doing that as a way to make it more entertaining for the viewer while you're still telling a very powerful, very impactful story, right? These movies are doing that in a way. They're adding new graphics. They're making the characters live action. It's bigger, it's bolder, it's different. But it's still kind of the same, right? You're not you're not doing anything more than purely superficial changes. Now these are all twists on characters and stories that have been done before. Batman been done a thousand times before. Same with Spider-Man. Shazam is a little bit different. But if you're into the comics, you know that he's gone through a lot of iterations and gone through a lot of stories. These are not things new. This this movie is literally the same as Shazam Year One, or whatever that's called. I don't remember. But it was it was published in the back of the Justice League issues um, in, like, 2016 or whatever. It's I have it. I have the book. It's really well written. It's Jeff Johns, so of course it is. It's literally the same. It's, it's almost beat for beat the exact same thing, minus a few elements. It's the same arc. It's all, you know. But it's added... It's subtracted a few things to make the story a lot stronger. It's focused on the one relationship between Freddy and Billy. It's made it a lot more funny and a lot less um, dark and dreary. And it is adding, you know, just a few very important twists. It's focusing more on the parents. It's doing a lot of these things to... It's adding layers to the villain. You know, it's it, they're doing all this stuff. And it's telling very very emotionally impactful, very well-done stories that, that haven't been told before. Something like um, the Joker in in Lego Batman, it kind of, you know, it's not a very traditional um, version of the Joker, but it's someone who's very broken and, like, his relationship with this person has kind of driven him over the edge. And it's very understandable the reasons why he's doing what he's doing, whereas something like Jack Nicholson's Joker or Heath Ledger's Joker or even George Waters' Joker, even though I'd rather not acknowledge it, they all don't really have motivation. They're just kind of doing chaotic things. And I know that's the Joker of the comics, but uh, but I think it's it's 
uh, it's very cool to have a new interpretation. I think that's what I'm trying to say, is a new interpretation, a new spin. And so, I guess, I guess this, so the first part of this, uh, before the whole tire fell off story, uh, was talking about franchise filmmaking done badly, and how I feel I love it more when original storytelling is done. Now this, I think, is me talking on the flip side of franchise filmmaking done well, where it's not necessarily a, an original story, but it's adding a new twist. And it's it's doing something new with pre-established tropes that keeps the story fresh and interesting. And, you know, like I said, I think, I hope I've made my point clear. And I don't, I, I don't want to fall into a trap of over-explaining. I don't want this to get stale. Um... But I think this episode, uh, yeah, very much about about franchises. I think that's been a lot on my mind recently when I've been trying to figure out where do I take this show if I'm not talking about Marvel or horror or Star Wars, you know, whatever, multitude of things that have been dominating pop, pop culture right now, you know, besides like older movies, that kind of thing. Where do I take the show? Uh, what am I passionate about that I could put out there into the world? And I think I'm passionate about creating new stories or or doing things with old ones because um yeah I think that's very important and I feel kind of burnt out I don't go to see as many movies as I used to I don't really find the same joy that I used to in superhero stuff anymore I've been moving towards different types of storytelling and I think I've been learning recently that I love stories I love to tell them I love to read them, I love to watch them, I love to listen to them. I probably listen to like 50 podcasts a week, like on average. Maybe more than that, I don't really know. But I love to hear stories, and I love to hear opinions, and I love uh, a lot of the, the culture that surrounds storytelling, and can make it better, and can criticize it, and and teach you how to do it, all of that stuff. I'm really, really into that. I've been finding a a newfound love for all that stuff that I was just talking about. And so I guess this episode is not necessarily to be entertaining or even informative. I guess this is really a perspective episode. Just to, to early on in the show, uh, very clearly and maybe too much, um, outline how I feel about the current state of, of movies and franchises and, uh, and tell you some, some perspectives, some opinions that I have of where I think things could be better and where I think things are doing well. Um, and I guess just things that have been on my mind throughout the last couple of days. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's, that's all of this is. I'm not sure, really, I guess what it is. I hope that's how it came off. I'm a little insecure now, and I'm feeling like I shouldn't release it, except for that I told a lot of people I was going to release an episode. So I think I should. Um, I don't have enough time to record another one, because it's almost 10 o'clock, and I still have to write some stuff, and then I obviously have to get to sleep at some point. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess take this how you will. Send me some feedback if you want, or just talk to me about it tomorrow. I'm sure I'll see the vast majority of my listeners, I either live with them or work with them, so, uh, yeah, I don't know how this will turn out, I, I, I'm not sure, 
I guess I was just kind of like, blech, these are my opinions, uh, take them as you will. I feel like I kind of contradicted myself, but I think what I was trying to do was just explain two sides of a very complex argument. <sighs> Man, I don't know. I hope this turns out well. I hope I'm not freaking out over nothing, but, hmm, it's weird. That's an un, like an unexpected dichotomy I didn't really expect to run into t- while I was talking about all this stuff. But uh, it was originally much more cut and dry. But then I do also want to talk about Shazam and, and how it's really, really well done. And, and uh, you know, I'm always up for an opportunity to gush about Spider-Verse. And Lego Batman was on my mind because my friend and I just watched uh, Lego Batman and Lego the Lego movie. Or Lego movie 1 and 2. We didn't watch Lego Batman, but, but yeah. I don't know. You have to let me know how this one turned out. Uh, hopefully, sometime soon, there'll be like 95 other episodes that'll cover up and be way better. And, you know, I'll have like hundreds going on thousands of episodes. You know, it'll be a whole thing. I'll be recording these in college or in my first apartment, you know, on my way to work, on the train. Uh, what am I doing? I, I don't know. All right. So at 45.10, I am going to transition and like very, 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 very quickly talk about uh, the Lego movie and uh, the Lego movie 2. These thoughts, these are super brief, and I don't want to sound too nerdy, but uh, man, these movies are really good. They are, it's interesting, the parallels that they explore between real life and uh, what you create, I think that ties in well to what I was talking about earlier. Uh, They're really, really funny, they're really inventive. Uh, it was a blast to watch with my friend. I know it's kind of a dorky thing, but, you know, hey, they're funny. They're cute. I really, really like them. And, um, and yeah, I guess that's about all I, I really need to say. I, I mean, you can dive deep, but you don't really have to. You know, they kind of speak for themselves. The second one, I was surprised how much I liked it. I had not seen it before, and it didn't generate a lot of buzz, but I do think it was really well done, and a lot of its ideas were pretty fresh and unique, and I loved Chris Pratt's two dual roles, and uh, yeah, it sort of had the, two st- the Toy Story 4, like, not problem, but kind of weird element for me, where it felt weirdly self-contained, almost more like the ep- an episode of a TV show than an actual movie, like, it predominantly takes place in one location, it doesn't really seem super expansive, but it's mostly focused on characters. It's not very plot-heavy. It's basically all character-driven. And I'm definitely much more down for that type of writing. So, I mean, it's all good for me in the end, but uh, I think I'd probably prefer to re-watch the first Lego movie just because we explore more things and we go to more places, and I just think that's generally more interesting. And I also think the arc at the end of the movie is better done than the one with the sister. I don't know, I just prefer the first, but I think the second was surprisingly well done for how little I heard about it. Oh, all right. I think that's where I'm going to leave off this episode. It's almost 50 minutes, so... Yeah, and I try to keep these around 45, so... I'm, I think I'm about to dip out. Uh, if you thought this was a horrible episode, let me know. If you thought it was really good, uh, also let me know. I'd love to hear your feedback. Like I said, you can... Email me at uh, moviesandmorepod at gmail.com. You can uh, hit me up on Instagram at GiovanniAndriuli21. I'll be always happy to answer your questions and talk to you about whatever your thoughts about the episode were. And um, 
shoot, what else? Uh, thank you for listening. If you feel so inclined, it'd be awesome if you left a rating or review on whatever your preferred podcast uh, listening uh, devices or whatever. Listening platform, that's what I meant to say. So yeah, rating, review helps me turn up in searches uh, and it'd be really great if that, if, if, if you know, the show kept growing. So, uh, but, but yeah, but for now, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. I hope you uh, have a great, fantastic day, night, evening, whenever you're listening to this. I hope it's going fantastic. And um, until next time, I've been your host, Giovanni Andreoli. Thanks again for listening. And um, Shazam!